Welcome to The Entrepreneur's Journey, where Michael Pelosi leads discussions with successful entrepreneurs to learn about their journey of starting, building, and eventually selling their business or transitioning into the next generation. The goal is to allow you to learn from their knowledge, experience, and wisdom as you pursue that in your own business. Michael Pelosi is the president of HFM Investment Advisors, LLC, and brings over 30 years of experience working with business owners to organize and manage their business and personal financial plans to help them define and realize their personal version of success in their lives and businesses. Hello, I'm Michael Pelosi, president of HFM Advisors located in Glassboro, New Jersey. Welcome to another episode of the Entrepreneur's Journey podcast, where we interview successful entrepreneurs who have either sold their business or have been part of a successful transition of their family business. My guest today is Bill Emerson of the Emerson Group, located in Morristown, New Jersey. Emerson Group is a second-generation family-owned business that was founded in 1971 by Bill's parents, Skip and Annette Emerson. Emerson Group is a recruiting, staffing, and consulting firm. From day one, Bill's parents operated on a foundation of core values that define who they are and what they stand for. What's unique about Bill's story is how he was able to make a smooth, unnoticeable ownership transition from his parents over a very short time period. Then from Bill's leadership skills, he was able to build upon their core values to grow his team and outreach in our community. Welcome, Bill. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Mike. Yeah, it's great to have you here. I always like, before we get started, to kind of break the ice a little bit and ask, you know, a little fun fact, maybe something happened in business or personal life to kind of get to know the real Bill. Yeah, and I was thinking about this a little bit, and I'm like, I'm not that interesting, really, <laughs> or else I'm not that impressed with myself. Come on. <laughs> right? Just ask your kids, they'll tell yeah, you something, exactly. right? Yeah, <laughs> exactly, exactly. But, you know, I was thinking about, it. you know, officially I joined the business in 1990, but yeah. prior to that, my brothers and I always worked temp jobs. My parents, you know, then they did a little bit more in kind of labor, you know, type work as well as office. So they had a ton of different jobs that are out there. So my friends, all my brothers and th- their friends, you know, we didn't have a choice. My parents said, you're, you're working, you're right? doing this job. <laughs> so I had some very interesting jobs over the years. You know, one being, I don't know if you remember the Campbell Soup kids. Oh, yeah. 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 So I had to dress up as the boy, the Campbell Soup really? boy. And we went into a nursing home right down there in Camden. Yep. And help exercise some of the elderly people there. So I was kind of taking them through those. We have things. that on video. Fortunately, no. <laughs> <laughs> and then another one, we had a an agreement with Cherry Hill Photo, who did all the Santa Claus and Easter Bunny photos, right? Throughout the year. So one time, one job I had was scrubbing the bunny heads. There you go to get them <laughs> to get them clean. So nice. a, lot, a lot of interesting jobs over the years. <laughs> Wondering why you weren't selling bikes in Colorado? Uh, well, that's my brother. I know. I know. <laughs> my brother does that. So that's another story for another day. It was yeah, good. Exactly. Good, good. Yeah, that's great. That's fun to hear. I think we have to go dig up those videos or pictures from the Campbell yeah, Soup yeah. days. Might, might be, be a couple photos around. Right. I don't know about video. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. So I always like to start with, especially family-owned businesses. Take it back from the beginning, how mom and dad got started in in the business. Sure. So I think it was probably about 1970. My father had inherited a little bit of money. He hated working for somebody mm-hmm. else. Uh, he was in sales. I worked for Standard Brand at the time and always wanted the opportunity just to, to work for himself and have that flexibility to work for himself. So, you know, they looked at a lot of different types of businesses and they you know, went to a, a franchise broker and, and looked at, you know, different opportunities. They almost purchased a travel agency. 
But fortunately, fortunately. I think, yeah, <laughs> they, didn't do, they that. didn't do that. I might not be sitting here right now <laughs> if that was the case. But they ended up settling on an, an employment agency when they called then. It was Dunhill. There were probably 300 offices across the country, Dunhill offices. And at the time, they were just doing like middle management searches, you know, some administrative type positions all on a, you know, direct hire search basis. So it was good because they had good training. They were able to network with a lot of the other sure. offices around the country. Learn a lot. But yeah, so that's how they started. They, you know, they got a base. Then it was, they opened a phone book, you know, started at A and just started <laughs> just making, start making call. You know, do you have any needs? Do you have uh-huh. any hire needs? you got any needs? Imagine uh, telling today's generation to open a phone book and start yeah, making right. calls. Yeah, they'll say what? <laughs> <laughs> right? Right. right. You know, that's funny. And we talked about your father and he had a unique outlook as an entrepreneur. Maybe not the same as a lot of people today will, but what was his motivation, you know, being an entrepreneur? Sure. I say, you know, he's probably the pioneer of a work-life balance. Mm-hmm. He he really wanted that flexibility to yeah. be able to, I'm one of four boys. I'm the youngest of four boys. And, you know, in the seventies, we were in our prime of playing sports and mm-hmm. activities. My oldest brother was, you know, starting high school in the early seventies. So he wanted to be able to to coach us, to go to the games. That's he wanted great. to be there for his family yeah. and have that flexibility. He didn't have that in his past job. Yep. So he, you know, he didn't have that necessarily that vision of I want to get this business, I want to scale it and mm-hmm. you know, take it to, you know, all these levels. Not that he wasn't motivated by growing the business and sure. wanted a successful business, but his true motivation was to, you know, be there for his family yeah. and have that flexibility. And he was, you know, certainly able to able to, to do, do that. that. That's great. great. Yeah, yeah, it sounds like it carried on with you too. I always like to find out, you know, did you always work in the business? You know, was was this something that you went to school for? Is this something that when you were a kid or as your father started the business and your mother was like, I want to go work for my parents? You know, how did you start out in your career? Sure. So I went to Springfield College up in Massachusetts, okay. and my major there was exercise physiology. Okay. <laughs> so I, I didn't know what I wanted to do, <laughs> right? Like most right? kids when they go to college. I know. I remember having that conversation with my father saying, Dad, I, I don't know what I want to do. He's like, don't worry about it. Just go to college. Right. Go get the experience. Get your you degree. Know, get your degree. Majority of the people don't end up doing what they actually get a degree in. So. I did work in that field for a few years. I graduated in 87. So, you know, for two, three years, I worked, you know, in that field. I worked for an organization called OmniFit, which was affiliated with Cooper Hospital. Okay. And it was, uh, we did some cardiac rehab, setting people up on exercise programs and things of that nature. Worked at a couple other health and fitness, you know, places. And then I guess it was probably 89, I got engaged, the end of 89. Go. I said, all right, I got to make some time real to, money here. Time to get a real job. <laughs> yeah, time to get a real job. <laughs> and my older brothers, the business was kind of always there for us. Sure. But it was never, you know, certainly never forced on us sure. you know, by any means. But I think everybody knew that the opportunity was there. And, you know, at that point, my three older brothers were not interested, you know, in the business. So I said, you know what, let me, let me give it a shot. And yep. I'll know now if I like it, great. If not, I'll move on. Yeah. 32 years later, here I am. Did dad ever want you to, or mom, ever want you to work outside? Like, did they say, hey, I eventually want to have you come in the business, but get some experience somewhere else, even in the same industry or same field or anything like that? Because I know a lot of family-owned businesses, they want their children to get experience outside of of the family first. Was that any discussion or requirements? It was. It was certainly something we knew that, you know, my parents always encouraged us to do something else first. Mm -hmm. And again, not that it was like, then you come into the business. It was just get out there into the world and, you know, and, you know, see different things and experience different things, you know, before you would even 
we'd even consider to have you you know come into the into the role and sure. it was you know extremely valuable to do that and I, I would highly recommend you know any family business to to implement something like that if they don't yep because I think you do you you just learn you so know, it's a, a good learning experience great learning you, experience right? yeah I know and would you recommend on that same notion working in the same industry like if you're working outside the family business but trying to get something in the same industry to get that experience or just outside of the business overall, just to kind of get a good feel. Right. I think either or, you know, would be fine. I think there's benefits to both. In the industry, it's good to get a different perspective mm-hmm. on how things are operated and how things are run and maybe be able to bring that eventually, that experience into the, you know, into the business. You know, but certainly outside of the business, just, you know, whether it's networking, dealing with people, you know, and dealing with, you know, different management. I think any experience in any industry or any work would be would be valuable. Definitely. Definitely. Now, once you started working in the business, is that something you stayed on? Did you ever make any transitions while you were in the business? What you stay there and you'd stayed on forever and you're still there? Did you look outside? Did you ever get bored or? (laughs) Yeah, it's interesting. That's a good, it's a good question because I did. It wasn't that I got bored. I, it was probably five, six years in and I'm thinking, is this really what I want to do? You know, is this a business, you know, for me? You know, some of the things of, you know, dealing with the people, right? Right. You know, yep. you know people issues, having to make payroll, keeping that pipeline full of, you know, for sales. And again, I just, you know, there was a feel of like, I just don't know if this is for me. So I actually stepped away from the business. Okay. Got my real estate license and worked in the real estate field. Not for long, actually. It was probably like, nine months. Oh, wow. And I quickly realized that, you know what, the things that were frustrating or bothering me in the business, I'm going to experience anyway, <laughs> no matter what I'm doing. Yep. And kind of woke me up a little bit and put a different perspective on it and said, I have a, I have a good opportunity here. Sure. You know, sure. an established business that, you know, is operating on a good set of core values yep. and has a good presence in the marketplace so that, you know, whole process of starting a business and the pains and the challenges Lots. of that, you know, wasn't necessarily there. So I'm so glad I did it because yeah. it did put a whole new perspective on it. And then when I came back into the business, I knew that, okay, you know, this is something I, I want to do. Yeah. And it sounds like yeah. your parents were very open and accepting for you to try something different and then come right very, back in. They left that there for you, right? Very fortunate, you know, with my parents and how they again, you know, would just allow me to make mistakes or very supportive in, you know, almost any decision I, I had, I would talk it through with them. And, you know, my dad's like, it's, it's your life, you know, <laughs> you, you, you know, you got to do what you got to do. Great and conversations. That was very, yeah. yeah, very helpful. You know, I'm sure in the back of his mind, he's thinking he's nuts. <laughs> crazy. What's he thinking? You know, he's got a great opportunity, I know. but he never would say that. We talk to a lot of family businesses and sometimes they're tough, especially the Italian ones. Mm. You know, once they're out, they're not coming back and there's a lot <laughs> right. to come back in. So that's right. good that, you know, your, yeah, your dad fortunate. was very fortunate to, you know, have that experience. And right, you learned a lot. You learned that the grass isn't always green or not that you went to the competition, but just what you said earlier, you know, that you're going to be dealing with people. You're going to be dealing with the same issues regardless if it's within your business or something else. Why not do it within a well-established family business where you have great support? That's great. Speaking of family, you said you had three brothers, Mm -hmm. correct? Mm -hmm. Were any of them ever in the business or wanted to join or any part of the business at any time? Sure. 
My oldest brother, Steve, he and his wife, Mary, were living in Alaska. when they got After they got married, they went up to Alaska. Wow. They were up there for about 18 years. <laughs> 18 years yeah, in Alaska. I know. I know. God bless him. I have another brother that's <laughs> still there. Oh, wow. But Steve was a social worker. Mary was a teacher. And they had two boys that they wanted to get closer to the grandparents. Mary's from Morristown as well. Okay. So they moved back here and Steve joined the business. So there okay. was, I was already, so this was around 2000. So I had already really kind of taken over day-to-day operations. Yep. Mom had really stepped away from the business. Dad was still in it. And Steve came in and he was in the business uh, about eight years, eight, okay. nine years. Eventually realized it really wasn't for him. Wasn't for him. Yeah. Wasn't yeah. for him. You know, which was fine. And then he kind of moved on. My other two brothers, my, as we mentioned earlier, my one brother (laughs) owns a bike shop in Boulder and uh, doing well. And my other brother is a a structural engineer. He is a president of a firm up in Anchorage. Wow. So yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Great. And then so eventually Steve parted ways and that was amicable, nothing. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh Yeah. We may talk about it further in the conversation, but you know, when Steve did come into the business, part of our transition was gifting shares. Sure. And this is really how I kind of you know took over the business. And we gifted Steve some shares, not right when he came in, you know, but after a couple of years. And in hindsight, sure. maybe that wasn't the, the right thing to do. I think we should have had more of a policy in place that you had to be in the business a certain amount of time and, yep. you know, things of that nature. So- it didn't necessarily throw things off. I mean, it, it kind of put a little wrench in, into some things, yep. you know? So it's another thing that I would you know highly encourage. If you want to expand on that a little bit, because okay. I am going to talk about that in a little bit, let's, you know, while we're on that subject sure. is part of the reason for this podcast is to help other family-owned businesses, whether they're the generation passing it down or the generation coming up learning, taking over from their parents. And there's a lot of things that you don't know what you don't know, right? You right. learn in hindsight. Right. And so if on that respect, what would be some of the areas or if you could go back in time and put different policies or procedures in place for ownership within family members, what would that look like? Right. Our transition was very informal mm-hmm. and it just kind of naturally happened. And it worked out. You know, mm-hmm. I'm not saying it, you're looking at it today. I'm like, sure. okay, we, we got there eventually. Yep. I think if we had a more formalized succession process and rules in place, that would have helped. You know, things like how long do you have to be in that in the business before you're able to, you know, even can be considered Considered for shares. What skill are you bringing? Mm, Even great. Maybe that's not necessarily a rule, but you know, no, right? Great point. Do you fit in the business? Right. Was there something here that? You know, what skill set do you have that can really help this business? Right. How business are you complementing our existing ownership or our team executive team, right? right? Yeah, yep. absolutely. And maybe just, again, some time frames to make some things a little bit more clear as to, you know, what it would look like for somebody to exit. You mm-hmm. know, so my parents were kind of, again, that was a gradual process. Right. How many shares, you know, at a time should be gifted because again, like I had said, that's how the transition happened for us. Sure. Now, once Steve had a number of shares, I ended up purchasing those shares from Steve. Okay. Because my parents had already gifted them to sure. him. They're not going to go back to They're your parents. They're not going right? to correct. You know. So, and the part of the plan was too for my parents to maintain some of those shares. They looked at that as kind of their retirement. All right. You know, those distributions okay. from the business. Yep. Which again is fine. I mean, my dad has since passed. My mom. 
is going to be 91 in a couple of weeks. And she still has ownership. <laughs> and she still has ownership in the business. So, you know, they- There you go. Right. So she still gets some distributions from the business. And, you know, some people have said, oh, you know, they've been out of the business for so long. How can you do it? I'm like- it doesn't bother me. I mean, right. they started, they gave me this great opportunity <laughs> and I have no problem with yeah. you know, still having them or now my mom right. be able to receive some of those distributions. You, you know, know that, and, that and that kind of falls into a great retirement or succession for your mom, right? Right. As long as it all worked out and it seems like it worked out great. That's great for the generation who is retired per se. Mm-hmm. At least they have some secure income for the Absolutely. rest of their life, which is it's your parents or it's your mom in this (laughs) situation. Why wouldn't you want to have that happen? Right. Right. So it's a great feeling. Yeah. You know, to be able to do that. And we were always very family first. Right. You know, you hear just horror stories with, you know, some family businesses uh, where they just lose relationships over the family business. And, you know, we were very clear about making sure that that, that didn't happen. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's, it was one of the things I wanted to ask you. I always, there's a clear distinguish. You're either in camp A or camp B. You know, there's a lot of businesses, business first and family second. And it sounds like you guys are family first. Yeah. I mean, we tried to, you know, when we were working, Mm -hmm. you know, to, to keep family out, right. You make some decisions. I think one of the other things, getting back to your original question of some things you might change, you know, would be that we, challenged each other a little bit more okay especially when steve was in the business we were too maybe like-minded or just like "Eh, yeah that sounds like a good idea Mm -hmm. you know and and we'd just go for it so we didn't really challenge like you need that accountability you need that challenge and maybe you know subconsciously we didn't do that because we were a little afraid of we don't want to ruin our personal and family relationship so there could be a little bit of a negative there Mm -hmm. you know so you know, trying to create that. It's hard though, right? Do you think because it was your brother, that's why maybe those conversations are tougher, Mm -hmm. right? As opposed to if it was someone else, non-family member, you're going to be a little more accountable, you're going to be harsher on them, right? Yes. So I think, again, I would have done that a little bit differently and tried to create that structure where we we would challenge each other a little bit more. Yeah, I, I see that a lot. And it's, it is difficult because they're your brother, mm-hmm. right? You're going to have a little, one may or may not have a little bit stronger personality. Yeah. And it's tough to cross that, you know? Right. And you guys are both good guys. So yeah, you don't yeah, want to, yeah. but you're running a business. Right. You, you kind of have to look at it that way right. too, you know, right. it's feeding our families. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Yeah. And I think, you know, finally, you know, another is to lean, lean on others outside of the business. It took me a while to get there. You okay. know, I, you know, was kind of in, trying to figure out things on my own or, sure. you know, with my parents or my brother and, you know, didn't realize the value of a strategy group, a, you know, a CEO think tank group okay, or just, you know, having good in-depth conversations with maybe other family owned businesses yep. and, the, and the challenges that they may have or the success they've had and what that's looked like. Tell me how that helped you. Oh, it helped, you know, it's helped me tremendously getting back to that whole accountability, mm-hmm. you know, group, you know, and working with a think tank group. Okay. It's my board of directors. You so know? what, what is a yeah. think tank group? Give me- so, you know, if you're familiar with like a Vistage or something like that, okay. so it's a, you have a facilitator okay. and then a, a group of business owners. Typically they're all different industries. Uh-huh. I'm sure there are some strategy groups. Well, I know there are strategy groups out there that are peer groups within the same industry. And I've participated in, in those as well. But, you know, you usually meet on a monthly basis. You come, you know, to that meeting, maybe with some challenges or some things that you want to talk about. And it gets put out there on the, on the 
the table and right. and people give you feedback and okay. give you advice back. That's great. And then we'll, the other thing is, like I keep saying, is, is accountability. Right. You know? So if I'm in that meeting and I say, okay, I have to fire this person right. or whatever it might be, you come back next month, mm. like, what did you do? Right. <laughs> did right. you do it? Right. Did you pull the trigger on that? And if you're dragging your feet, they'll say, no, you, to you hold have you, to, to do hold, this. Right, to hold you accountable. And, uh, Whereas if you don't have that support. Oh, it's easy. It's easy to just let it drag. Oh right? yeah. That's yeah. like anything in life, right? Like just working out. If you don't have someone who has an accountability partner working right. out, you're going to skip some days when it's too cold or yeah. whatever. But for your business, that's great because that probably has helped you get through some of those growth stages, right? To hold you accountable, right? You can ask what other people are doing. You ask their opinion and and you have to take their advice. Yeah. And you offer a lot too. Sometimes mm-hmm. when you go into that, you're thinking, what am I? Are they going right? to learn from me? Right? You know, I don't know anything because I'm the type of person I like, I put it on and say, I don't know what I'm doing here. Right. I have no problem saying <laughs> that. Like, I, this is an area I just right. don't know anything about and be vulnerable and be comfortable with people then, you know, helping you. So, but I did learn too, that I have a lot to offer. My sure. own experiences, people learned a lot from. Yeah. Because uh, the, your experiences, they're unique to you and they're probably in the same situation saying, ah, I have to learn as much as I can. And Steve runs a great business and you're going to have a different take on it. Yeah. And so everybody learns from each other, Absolutely. which is unique. Absolutely. Oh, that's great. Yeah. So it's good. That's great. So what does mom do now in the business? Is she involved at all or no? No, other no. than, you know, again, she's, you know, she'll you know, ask me how things are going uh-huh. and, and remind me of the times when they were in the business right, and right. when they first started and what they went through and is Which she is local? great though. Is mom local? She is. We actually, she's in an assisted living now. We just recently moved her, but okay. lives in Morristown. And actually the assisted living is in Morristown. So. Is she able like to come in the office? And It's tough. Okay. It, it, she right. was up until a couple point, of years right? ago. And, but the staff, everybody knows her really well. I was going to say, really mom, well. here comes and, mom. Yep, you know? She's something. And you know, really, it's funny. Mom was the was more of the face of the business mm-hmm. when my parents were involved. And she was the one that was out doing the networking and yep. the selling and you know, client development, whereas dad was more behind the scenes. Behind the scenes. You know, doing the books and yep. accounts payable, accounts receivable, payroll. Exactly. <laughs> those types of things. Exactly. And his personality was not that to be out, <laughs> out in front. So, yeah. Do you think yeah. you are, are more like mom or like dad? Mom. Yeah, mom. Yeah, yeah you sure. have that outgoing personality. Yeah, I mean, they both, you know, I've, I learned a lot from both of them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I could look at both of them as my my mentors, really, you right. know, for different reasons. Sure. You know? So mom was, you know, for those people skills and being out and being in front of clients and networking. And she was, it was just something she was very comfortable with and that I'm very mm-hmm. comfortable with. And then dad, you know, from more of the operational sure. side of things and trying to, to learn that. And then together, the values, you know, yep. the, the values of the business and, and how to run how to run a business. Really. Yeah. 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 Let's talk about that. Cause I know just going on your website and past conversations, which I love values and your core mission has a lot to do with who you are as a person. Sounds like that's what your family's all about, but also seems like you've taken that to the next level within the business. Yeah. Right. So talk to me a little bit about that, how you transitioned to that and how it's impacted your business. Yeah. So, you know, I think mom and dad established, created that foundation of values that weren't really formalized necessarily then. They just operated that way. Right. It was just the way they did business. You know, it was interesting when when they purchased the franchise or they were thinking about purchasing the franchise, 
some of the advice they got was, oh, you know, that industry, you can't be honest and be successful in that industry. <laughs> and they thought that was the most crazy comment. They're like, what do you mean you can't be honest and be I successful? Yeah. I mean, that was the reputation, I guess, the industry wow. had at the time. So they almost use that as a motivation, you know, to say, wow. you know what, that's, that's, we are going to be honest and mm-hmm. we are going to always do the right thing and grow a business on that. And they did. And I think as I got involved in the business and learning and observing them and how they operate and how they responded and handled certain situations. And then when I started getting involved in some of these CEO, like the CEO think tank groups, yep. they were all about, you got to establish these core values. And for so nice. I, I, I started thinking about that and looking back at, you know, a time with the parents and how they did things. And I said, that's us, you know? Yep. So our, our core purpose is to help others become more successful. Great. That's it. And that's what, drives, you know, every action that we take, every decision that we make, you know, it's helping each other in the office. It's helping our clients become more successful Mm. by obviously identifying a great candidate for them that they end up hiring or just giving them some advice or just talking to them about the market, whatever it might be. You know, when candidates come into our office or they used to come into the office (laughs) before COVID, but, or we're on Zoom, but the majority of them we don't place. It's sure. just a numbers. We just don't have that many opportunities. But we interview a lot of people, and they're not necessarily qualified for the opportunities that we have. But that right. doesn't mean we can't help them. Right. You know, it's not always just yeah. placing them. It's helping them with the resume tip. It's helping that hey, if you're going on an interview, maybe with another service or on your own, think of these things. Great. You know, and just we always want them to leave Emerson with that experience. Like wow, wow, that that was. Bar none, the best experience I had at a staffing recruiting firm. Sure. Because they truly care. Yep. About that comes across. who I am. Right? Yeah. That's our, you know, it's our brand, you know, our, our core purpose and then our, our core value of do the right thing with unmatched communication and commitment. Wow. And again, that steers us. That steers my team. My team is, you know, I don't even want to say they bought into it. They were just, they're just, you hire to that, right? Right. So it was exactly. very, it was very natural. For very them. natural. Very right. genuine. Yep. You know, so it's easy for them to operate that yep. way. Yep. And you're right. I mean, it's created our brand. It's created, you know, who we are and what we're all about and how we really differentiate ourselves and separate ourselves yep. from, from others. And it's funny, probably when you're hiring, maybe just for your own company, an individual who may not have those same values, they may interview with you and they're like, this company is something, they're not, they're not like me. Do you know what I mean? And, they, and that may be a good match where they're going to walk away because they don't have the same value and just the opposite. They're like, somebody has the same values. Like, well, I feel like this is my family already. Right. You, know, you just that's walk right. right in and that's, that's the way that's you right. build a great company. Yeah. So congratulations. And I think, that's you know, great. By formalizing those, it's, it certainly helped us hire. Like you said, you know, thinking back, I've made bad hires. <laughs> we all have, right? You learn. Right? You learn and you learn from them. But thinking back, I'm like, you know, I think if we had these more formalized and established and a process to hire to them, mm-hmm. I'm thinking, I wouldn't have hired that person. Exactly. Right? Exactly. And now we're very, you know, everybody's involved and it's a, it's a very clear process and it'd be tough for us to make a mistake. I think <laughs> now. We will, but, you, know, we, you know, we have, but it's, but they, it, <laughs> that they, wouldn't they, be good. Yeah. They stand out quickly. Yeah. Right. I mean, realize like, oh, all right, wait a minute. This mm-hmm. person is not exactly here. So, exactly. Yeah. I know. The more you build that up, the better it becomes. Oh, that's great. So all entrepreneurs, really everyone at work has unique abilities, things that you realize you're great at doing, things that you wake up in the morning, you're all fired up. And if you could do one or two things all day long, you would do your job great and you'd be the happiest person around. Have you ever thought about what are your unique abilities at work? 
Oh yeah. For me, it's business development. It's sales. Nice. It's, I, I shouldn't say that. It's not just that. It's people. It's, you know, interacting with people, whether that's my staff, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's a prospect, whether it's a vendor, you know, whether it's a, an existing client, whether it's a candidate, you know, that comes in. I'm just very, and I get that from my mom, as yeah. I mentioned before, you you know, that is, you know, it's very natural for me. It's when, you know, when I leave an appointment, you know, when we're done this, right. I like fired up. Yeah. I'm like, I love it. You know, I love the interaction. Yeah. And I love like our corporates. I love helping people. I love having those conversations. And it's just, again, very, very nice. So if, if I could spend my whole day, you know, out and about talking to clients, talking to candidates, you know, talking to my staff, really finding out, you know, not only from a business, but a personal sure. level, right? My mom was great with it. It's funny. You, if we look back at like the applications my mom would filled out then, uh-huh. we'd be out of business because of all the illegal questions. <laughs> right. But she just, she, that's who she was. She yeah. wanted to know. Who wouldn't pass it today, right? Oh, <laughs> he couldn't today, but she just wanted to know. So, you know, how many kids do you have? Right. You know, it, it was and nobody took offense to it because the way she delivered it was so genuine. It was yep. she just wanted to know about you. That's, it wasn't she wasn't going to discriminate in any so way. Funny. Or it's just I, I, I can relate that because there was a couple of stories sometimes where I was just interviewing and I'm I'm kind of the same way like you. Like I just want to know a lot about you personally, and, and I catch myself. I'm like. I don't think I should be asking these <laughs> right, questions because right. they're not appropriate in an interview. Right. You know, I'm right. like, hmm, all right, I can't ask this, you know. It's funny. We're kind of cut from the same cloth a yeah, little yeah. bit there too, which yeah. is fun. Yeah. So that definitely, I think that's my unique ability. And I, uh, you know, when I get a little sucked into the operational part, which you know, I don't mind doing, but it's it's not, it doesn't. Right. Operations or fire. business development, mm, tough yeah, choice, right? Right, exactly, exactly. <laughs> I know. So you, you hire others, right? That, There's that other people, people with that unique love that. ability to do that, right? Absolutely. They wake up all day, process it. <laughs> Numbers. Mm-hmm. Right. Who wants that? So let's let's look forward over the next three years, right? I always like to look at that time frame. It's a good time frame. It's not too long. It's not too short. What do you see for the future for Emerson? Like, what are some of the dangers or issues that you see maybe in the industry or within the business? What are some of your opportunities that you may see out there? And how would you apply some of your strengths to overcome that or take advantage of those opportunities? Yeah. I, you know, I say danger is, I don't necessarily look at it too much as a danger, but if we ignored it, certainly it would be dangerous. But I think technology for us and probably in a lot of industries and you know, not keeping up with that technology that mm. it, it's so fast. I mean, yep. every day something else is coming out Absolutely. and a competitor is using, you know, AI in a certain way that right? is maybe separating them. So we have to be careful. We're not just standing still and we have to not look at those things as a, a threat, but as, you know, how can it complement what we're already doing? Sure. You know, how can, you know, AI help us deliver our services in a more efficient way? way and balance that with our brand of, you know, having that personal touch. Sure. Right. Yeah. That's a good balance. Right. Yeah. So like, how do you create that? How do we utilize technology to deliver our services and people more efficiently and, and, and and faster Mm -hmm. even yet still being able to take that time with our clients to understand their culture, to understand their intangibles and, you know, really tell us the personalities that are going to fit best right? and really dig in, you know, because we don't just post a job, get resumes and pass them on. Right. I mean, companies can do that on their own. Why would they, exactly. Why would they want us to just do that? You know, we try to really partner with them and let's, let's understand, you know, who's going to be that, that best fit within your organization. So anyway, really making sure that, you know, we don't, 
get left behind, you know, with technology. An opportunity is just almost the same thing. Sure. You're utilizing that that technology. You know, one thing that the pandemic was great for us was that realization of we can expand geographically. We can offer these services outside of South Jersey, right. Philadelphia, right? Yep. And still be very productive, still be very efficient in doing that with all the tools that are out yes, there. Yes, absolutely. So we've been talking about a lot this this past year. And, you know, how can we expand out and planning that? We want to be national. And we've, you know, just this, this recently made a placement in California. We're working on one in nice. Georgia. They're more of the direct hire search, you know, and human resource searches that we're doing. But how can we take that from the staffing side as well, yep. you know, and utilize the recruitment tools that we have and Zoom and, you know, for all interviews that and all that stuff Absolutely. and take that opportunity to, you know, grow our business geographically and expand out, Yep, you know, that way. And, you know, in our strength that I've, I've touched on it is, is my team you know, sure. and it's, it, it's our core values Absolutely. And, and, and making sure that we continue to operate and differentiate ourselves that way. I mean, I have a, a well tenured team. I have somebody that's been with me 30 years, mm. you know, one over 20. I think 75% of my staff is 10 years or more. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it's, a lot. it's great. And, you know, we, we take advantage of that. I mean, that's, I mean, our, our clients and our candidates benefit from that. They right? know. You know, it's not every time they're calling, there's somebody new. Yep. They get to know Denise. They get to know Judy. They get to know, Greg, you know, Cormac, the, my team. Yep. They know. They know what to expect when they call in. So we just need to make sure that we continue to utilize that strength to take advantage of these, you know, this opportunity sure. that's out there. Speaking so. of tenure, so what's your future look like? <laughs> hmm. A beach, a uh, beach. Nice. <laughs> with, uh, outside of the day-to-day operations. Yeah. How old are you now? I'll be 57 in a couple okay. weeks. So again, I keep going back to some of these, you know, think tank groups, but one of the benefits, I'm always asked, you know, what's your succession plan? Yeah, what's, what's your succession? What's your plan? What's that's, your plan? That's my, I know how important that's my underlying that is. reason I'm asking, you yeah. know, we're talking about succession, right? Right. So, you know, I've always struggled with it because I'm like, well, I don't know yet. I, you know, I'm still enjoying the business. You know, I don't foresee selling the business right now. My, I have a daughter. She's a teacher. I'm at Cherokee High School and coaches lacrosse, loves it. So she's doing well. That's her, that's her profession. She wouldn't come into the business. Now she is getting married. Maybe my son-in-law, future son-in-law. Mm-hmm. And my son is in commercial real estate right now and, you know, hasn't, I would want him to come to me. Sure. Or I want my son-in-law to come to me and say, hey, I really have an interest in yep. this. And again, why? You know, exactly. What would you f- foresee yourself doing <laughs> in this business? Is it a good fit? Right. right? And kind of going through that process. So those, those succession questions are still there. Sure. The family. I mean, they could be there, maybe not. You know, I've also looked at, you know, some of my existing team and, you know, could there be some opportunity for them to, you know, start taking some ownership, you know, in the business. And again, that would allow me, because I do envision myself within, you know, probably five years having transitioned to a point where if I haven't sold the business, and again, that I don't necessarily, you know, foresee that right now, Sure, but I am out of the real day to day, you know, I still might do some client development and things of that nature, but really it's more of a strategic level position, right? you know, and when, you know, talk to the, the leaders of the You're the chairman of the that, board. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. No, that's great. And, and if you do make it to the next generation, you know, it's less than 8% of family businesses make it to the third generation. So that would be incredible. That right. would be great. Right. Good, good. Yeah. So just about wrapping up, wanted to see if there's any other words of wisdom, any parting words that you would want the audience to know about, you know, your journey, family businesses, anything like that, if any? 
I think nothing that we haven't already touched on other than just if it is a family business, I am from the side of, you know, put family first. I mean, and just, and create some good values and live by those, you know, those core values, no matter what you do. And I think that'll really help steer every, you know, those decisions and those actions that you take. So. Great, great. Yeah. Well, Bill, this was great. Thank yeah. you very much. Great you, words Mike. of wisdom. I appreciate hearing your story and I'm sure our audiences are going to learn a lot from it. And I just, hope so. Uh, that would be great. <laughs> I hope so. But thank you for having me. I appreciate it. I enjoyed it. All right. All right. Take care. Thank you for listening to The Entrepreneur's Journey, hosted by Michael Pelosi, president of HFM Investment Advisors, LLC. To learn more and to subscribe to the show, head on over to hfmadvisors.com. HFM Investment Advisors LLC is a registered investment advisor. All statements and opinions expressed are based upon information considered reliable, although it should not be relied upon as such. Any statements or opinions are subject to change without notice. Information presented is for educational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer for sale or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any specific securities, investments, or investment strategies. All investments involve risk and are not guaranteed. Information expressed does not take into account your specific situation or objectives and is not intended as a recommendation appropriate for any individual. Listeners are encouraged to seek advice from a qualified tax, legal, or investment advisor to determine whether any information presented may be suitable for their specific situation. Past performance is not indicative of future performance.